Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today I'm talking high performance with the coach's coach, Joe Parrish. I told you I was going to play that music. Mate, I was just got ex- I was excited. That was it. I was just I was just so excited. You're not the only person to do that and you know the per- the other person that did that very well. So Neil. Yeah, he did exactly <laughs> the same thing. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it's not just me. How you doing anyway? I'm well, thank you, brother. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. So No, an absolute pleasure. So for the uninitiated, who is Joe Parrish, the coach's coach? Joe Parrish is the coach's coach. So basically I help uh, fitness entrepreneurs grow, expand and explore what they now believe is possible by raising their personal and professional standards so they can now really lead from the front, pull even more potential out of them and be at their absolute very best uh, across body, business, brain and balance so that they can then as a byproduct impact, transform and change even more lives. So my kind of big ethos is you get the person thriving, the people and the profit will follow because you are the business, you are the brand, you are the machine, you are the asset. And you are the very thing. No you, no business. So how can we pull as much out of you and continue to allow you to consistently be at your best? And uh, that is pretty much where I spend the majority of my uh, day and what I spend the majority of my life focusing on at present. So how, how did you get to this point? What, why do you help coaches be at their best? Because fundamentally, I kind of be, have been through it all, really. I was the professional football who, footballer who didn't quite make it. Went to university because I got given an, an opportunity to kind of go on a scholarship. But it was the only kind of real avenue that I had kind of seen other than going to work in Tesco, uh, quite frankly. And that wasn't something that I really wanted to go and do. Um, and then got into the whole kind of like coaching strength conditioning. And even when I played football, mate, I much prefer being in the gym, just doing bench press and bicep curls in comparison to playing football. So for, for me, it was just always like this massive, massive like passion um, ended up competing, set up the online business and then basically just went it alone for three or four years off the back of graduating. And then I'd been the guy that basically got into incredible shape, um, but had completely neglected my business. I'd been the guy that had then gone absolutely all into my business, but had completely neglected my own body shape, health, energy, performance, my relationships uh, to the extent of burnout, hospital, and also my partner and missus telling me that I love my business and coaching and my clients more than I do uh, being with her, which was obviously like a big turning point. Um, and then I've also been the coach who's now grown and scale a coaching business and got to the top and then felt lost, low, empty, and then really fundamentally was questioning my entire identity. Yeah. And I feel as though that I've been through so much and had so many failures, challenges and setbacks. Um, so it was really that opportunity for me to be able to now understand that building a coaching business, having all these different roles and responsibilities aren't easy. And how can I now give coaches the platform for them to be at their absolute very best, not just as a coach, not just as an athlete, but as a business owner, as a person, as a partner, as a parent, um, so that we can allow them to thrive and excel across the multitude of different roles and responsibilities that they have, most importantly. That's, that's a detailed answer and, and an awesome answer. So, um, so our listeners to the Stay Hungry podcast, very often hungry business owners, and you've touched on it there. That hunger can be misdirected, so it it can be all in on uh, the admin of the business. It could be all in on their um, sales. It could be all in on their marketing. And very often, and case in point, I, I fall into this category, my physical well-being can fall off because I'm so focused on how hungry I am for the business to succeed. So 
I know you talk to coaches about health as a priority and how that impacts their performance in their business. Just talk me through it. So I think big thing for us to consider is like our ability to now be able to operate and consistently perform at a higher level is going to now allow you to have a greater level of energy. It's going to now allow you to have even more confidence. It's going to give you the ability to be able to back, believe and bet in and on yourself when there's challenges and when there's setbacks. And I think the big thing for me is about realizing and appreciating that there is no such thing as balance. There is no such thing as like, right, okay, do you know what? How can we now gain like this equilibrium across body, business, brain, and balance? And how can you now be the uh, like, you know, 100% in every single pocket? We know that fundamentally that's not possible. I think when you do, you can almost then kind of hit a plateau because you're not really exploring and really pushing and raising the glass ceiling in one um, facet, I suppose. And for me, it was always looking at, right, okay, how can we now start to protect the downside? Yeah. So how can we now look at mitigating the risk? So if you're now going to go all in on business, well, actually, how do we make sure that everything that we now do in your body shape, health, energy, and performance, and everything that you now do in terms of your uh, family and relationships are now going to be complementary to the, to the trajectory and the focus that you've currently got at this present moment in time. So we know that we might have to pull down what we um, believe is possible from an expectation perspective as a partner, maybe for a period of time. And exactly the same applies maybe from a training standpoint and a nourishment standpoint, but um, it's always going to be looking at how can we complement and not complicate. And exactly the same goes when you potentially push family for a little while and maybe take a step back with regards to the business, right? Okay. What are the systems? What are the strategies? What are the operating procedures that I now need to have in place for me to now be able to raise awareness so that I can continue to make sure that everything is still moving forwards as I continue to explore one avenue or one aspect. And the big thing that I would say is that most business owners, in my opinion, don't necessarily have a business problem, especially coaches. Um, I believe that they have a personal problem because if they had more energy, they'd be able to implement quicker. Um, and fundamentally, so many people have the same tactics, strategies, and tools. So the thing that very much differentiates them is them. Um, people by people. So if you're now at your absolute very, very best, um, your living conditions are now in alignment with what you say that you do and what you provide. Then fundamentally, in my opinion, that presents even more authority. Um, and you also then become even more of an inspirational leader, not just for your kind of clients and or prospects, but for those also closest to you as well, which is absolutely huge. So in my opinion, if you're operating at a four or five out of 10 on a personal level right now, and we could now take that to seven, eight. Where would your business be? How would you turn up in your business, your personal life, your family, relationships, et cetera? Um, and how much more income and impact could you then generate? Yeah, impact is a big one. I think um, as a marketing company, we talk a lot about personal brand. But personal brand is a lot more than what you post on Facebook and Instagram. It's, it's, it's who you are. It's how you sound. It's how healthy you are. It's how you present yourself. And how does that translate in being an asset to your business? Well, I think fundamentally, if your energy is low, your confidence is through the floor, you've got challenges and setbacks, and then you don't have the anchor points um, and you don't have the kind of little things that you're now plugging into that restore you, renew you and keep you in a stable headspace. Then fundamentally, you're going to be a, you're going to be making poor decisions and uh, you're going to be working longer hours um, and you're going to just now be tapping into this kind of red zone, which is fundamentally whereby you feel fatigued. Your passion starts to dwindle. Um, you have consequently overreached. Um, and right now you're fundamentally digging a hole for yourself, whereby you're trying to just use whatever means necessary to try and generate energy for you to then be able to turn up. So for me, it's looking at, right, okay, well, how can we almost kind of, 
take a step back from that? And how can we now ensure that you have got the um, anchor points locked in that are going to keep you stable? Because in my opinion, the highest achieving people are not the ones that get really high with the highs. Um, and they're not the ones that get really low with the lows. They're the ones that, that can now stay as stable and as consistent as possible. And so what are the anchor points that give us that bounce back ability? So when a bad, things, bad thing happens, what do we do? How do we think? How do we feel? How do we perform? How do you operate? I mean, it's that bounce back ability for me that is so, so integral and absolutely essential. So that keeps our logic um, in the right headspace and we can continue to think clearly and make decisions that are now congruent with your uh, and alignment with your values and not necessarily now going off the beaten track because you've been distorted, distracted, and or um, you're now not operating from your best, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know when a business is in financial trouble, the temptation there is to do things that don't align with your values. So something that's something you just touched on there. And so I, I've seen you speak to a room of, of coaches. I've seen uh, the impact you have. How, how do you encourage them to put these anchors in place? So something you touched on there, and the way I describe it is a fulfilled person is still fulfilled whether they're happy or sad. So bad things can happen to a fulfilled person and it doesn't affect them as much as it would an unfulfilled person. And in the coaching world, if you're not fulfilled, the risk is that you quickly lose the interest of all the people you're coaching. How does, how does that your body as an asset prevent that? I think the big thing is always looking at, for me, like what are the consequences? So what are the consequences of me now not turning up for myself? What are the consequences of me now not doing what I said I was going to do? Mm. What impact is that then going to have? Because fundamentally, this is a big lesson for me, and this is some of the biggest challenges that I find that people have, is that you can chase more. You can keep chasing more in terms of business because it's easy. I should be further ahead. Uh, am I doing enough? Yeah, yeah. Have I done enough today? There's always that thought process. There's always going to be that dangling carrot. But instead of now thinking, how do I achieve more? How can we now start to think, A, how do I want to live my life? Is that now congruent? Because quite often it's not. We just chase more because it's the easiest metric for us to be able to yeah. chase. And it always just takes, it takes us further away in terms of expectation. But then the problem is when your expectations aren't aligned with your standards and systems, well, there's a disconnect and you're in the gap. And therefore, you feel as though you're never really quite getting there, if that makes sense. So I think that's a massive, massive component, first and foremost. Secondly, what are the consequences of not doing so? And number three, I attach everything that I now do to something so much bigger and greater than me. Because again, I think a lot of business owners are in this place where they're okay, they're safe, they've got, they're making money, everything's okay. And they're in that state of comfort. Um, and fundamentally, the identity and the drivers and the motives that got you started in business aren't going to be the things that are going to keep you moving forwards when you get to where you are right now in business, dependent upon obviously the listeners and uh, where they are in their journey. And again, that was a big thing for me. It's like realizing that the same pain, the same drivers, the same motives that got me started are not now going to keep me pushing forwards. That's just going to lead me back into chaos and lead me back doing stupid things that I shouldn't really be doing that aren't congruent and or alignment with me. So how do I now attach everything that I do on a daily basis to an infinite purpose that is bigger than greater and greater than me, um, that is now uh, centered towards something that is meaningful and is powerful, and therefore the consequences um, impact me, affect me, and stop me from being able to do what I know that I want to be able to do, whether that's now business-related and or family-related with regards to that purpose that you now want to be able to work towards. Nice. So I guess it's harder to be a champion than it is to be a challenger. Because yeah, uh, yeah, and it's not even it's, it's not even that. I think it's just looking at when you get to a certain level, and you're okay, and nothing's bad. 
bad, especially like body shape, health and performance. Like yeah. nothing's crazily going wrong. Like nothing's bad. You can't really feel it. You can't really see it, but you just know that you want to be better. You know that you've got more in you. You know that you want to be able to kind of go to that next level. You can consistently be an operator at a higher level. You know that you've got more potential that you want to be able to pull out of you. Um, and it's then, right, okay, well, what, why? What is the purpose? What is the meaning? How, like, why is that important to you? And I think if you can get really laser laser in on that, then it really starts to transform and change the game. Because the big thing for me is that if it was just now me being accountable to me, I probably wouldn't be here today. I'd probably just be sat sat on the sofa in my comfort zone, just, you know, not necessarily pushing and expanding and doing what I know that I need to do. Whereas if I now attach my actions, my decisions, my behaviors and my choices to how I now want to be in terms of my future identity, how I now want to lead, how I now want to coach, um, and the impact that I now want to have in terms of giving coaches the platform to express themselves, to impact and transform and change even more lives. Well, that's now the thing that drives me to go and be better. Because I know that if I'm not doing that, then how the heck am I now going to give them the platform to do so? Which is the very thing that gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling yeah. um, and gets me going every morning. So it's about, I think, looking at something greater and bigger than you, looking at that kind of infinite um, purpose. And I suppose looking at it more from a self-actualization uh, perspective rather than obviously like that deficiency, uh, those deficiency needs that we've spent so much time chasing when you first set up a business. Yeah, got you. So one of our values as a business is start with why, which I think is pretty much what you, what we're talking about here. When you're coaching someone, how do you help them find their why? I think you need to look at what's most important to them. What makes them tick? What gets them out of bed in the morning? What do they now um, enjoy? And I think it's um, sometimes an iteration. And I think the big thing is, it's like start with why is incredible, but I think obviously your why continues to evolve and change. Sure. I think it's your ability to now be able to reflect, assess, strategically then plan in terms of moving forwards, in terms of how do I now want to live? Um, and then making sure that you're living congruently in alignment with your values. And Dr. John D. Martini is the, probably the best man in the world at, at doing so in terms of potentially going exploring that a little bit more. But I think it's that ability for you to be able to have that space for you to be able to think like what is really important to me and why is this now important to me and why does this mean so much to me and what are the consequences of me now not pursuing this? Um, and like I say, I think that iteration is huge because like I say, I think a lot of people rely on the same why but not necessarily too long, but almost like you evolve and you grow and you develop and you're consistently building in this world. And therefore the, the rationale and the reasons are continually now evolving and changing. And I always say there's no permanent solutions to a dynamic system. Um, you are forever evolving. So therefore your driver's motives and that why is going to be exactly this is going to be exactly the same. But I think um, it has to now come back down to, yeah, what's important to you. I would flip that question to you, dude. When you, when you now think about why and start with why, what what would you say to your guys and girls? So, okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> so I know when I started out, so I started out on my own, um, and the, the, the two big motivators for me was to own my own home and uh, to not continue to live the life I'd led to that point. So I never wanted to struggle again. I never wanted to... Um, not I never wanted to not be able to do something because of finance so it wasn't I wasn't motivated by money I was motivated by not having money and there's a a subtle difference obviously as the business grew I sorted those two things out I'm you know financially I'm okay uh, and I've got my own house so then it became right how does this scale because I realized that 
as a as a hungry business owner um a measure of success for me is how much impact i have on other people so our our vision is to help people and have fun and if and by helping people we're helping them help other people so therefore we're helping more people and if it's not fun something's wrong so that's our measure of are we doing the right things um and my why now has become to live and leave a legacy so i really want to impact as many people as i can in a positive way and that doesn't necessarily mean make them more financially better off but usually it means help them impact others and it doesn't matter how low you're feeling or how down you are or uh, what's going on in your personal life when you can come in and say that to your team today we're going to impact people in a positive way that's a huge driver and I don't see many other businesses saying things like that and that's 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 my why that's that's me being vulnerable and telling you the truth so yeah, incredible, brother. Absolutely love that. And again, so you asked me again, going back to like, okay, how do you now get business owners to get clear on why is their body and asset an important thing yeah. to them? So if you are now to attach that why, that mission, that vision to the consequences of you now serving and leading and looking after yourself and how you now want to be that leader, that authority figure, have that level of energy that now radiates in terms of magnetism and again is consistent. Like, right, okay, how will that then directly impact you then having more impact? So then if we tie those two together, that's when it becomes powerful. That's when it becomes meaningful. Because again, now it's, again, a high, a high, high value of yours. Yeah. So every single decision, every so for example, like you now making a slightly better food choice, you now deciding to walk or drive, like whatever it's now going to be on the most simplistic level. Like if you can now think about the consequence being going back to that bigger thing, then I believe it has more potency and more power for you to then be able to uh, make the hard decisions because those hard choices will then consequently lead to an easier life. And if you can then consistently perform and operate at a higher level, then fundamentally you're going to be able to get more shit done um, and you're therefore going to be more productive, raise more necessity and then have an even greater kind of impact. So that's kind of how, like, just to use that as an example, like you tie the, the importance of body shape, health, energy and performance to something that's, now really meaningful to you and what are the consequences i always think not what's the cost but what's the cause yes what's the cost what's the cause yeah that, that, i absolutely love that so good well it, it took me a long time to get there i'm not saying that it's an easy thing to to discover in yourself because the society is telling you that your your why needs to be all the kpis in your business how much profit are you making how you know what are the costs in your business how much year-on-year growth have you had yada 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 but i know for our business that the financials are a byproduct of the success they're a byproduct of the impact they're not an indicator of the success and as and as soon as we fall off that wagon and start to go oh we've had a bit of a slow month or oh we should try and pull in some people from that industry just to try and broaden our horizons it all goes wrong um because we've lost our focus we've taken ourselves out of our genius and yeah so that i mean i have a piece of paper on my desk that says how many people have you impacted today and and every day i just try and keep a note of how many people i've impacted and if it significantly drops off usually means i haven't had enough sleep i haven't been to the gym i've probably eaten crap the night before um i've let something that wouldn't normally impact me impact me um 
all the little things. I haven't listened to a podcast that morning. I haven't gone on the dog walk. All the and it's just interesting how how that aligns. So you talk a lot about accountability. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with one of your clients and they've just said their why to you, like I did, and you know kind of what the key parts in their day are for them to hold themselves accountable to, how do you make sure they do? Well, fun- fundamentally, you can only take a horse to water. So for me, yeah. obviously, I now have to look at, right, okay, well, how am I now holding you to a high standard? And you're currently holding yourself in terms of um, the beliefs that you now have and also the decisions, the behaviors, and the choices that you now take and you now make. And once again, it comes back down to what are the consequences of me now not doing this? Uh, and again, how can you then look at um, those decisions and those choices if you're not to do those? Right, okay, in the in the kind of like finite game, it doesn't really make too much difference because, again, you you, you skip that podcast, you skip that workout, you skip that whatever it's now going to be. doesn't really matter. But compounded over time, uh, one of the things that I absolutely love is time will either um, promote you or it'll expose you. So I, I think that's a perfect way for people to be able to think about it from that perspective. And again, like, you know, I'm far from perfect and nowhere near, you know, like, um, like optimal all of the time because you can't be, but I think it's always just now thinking about, right, okay, how can I be better than yesterday? Um, and again, like I think a lot of times people now need to think about a, the consequences, B skin in the game. Um, and then C like to say who they're now going to be laying down and or, um, what will their future self thank their current self for with regards to the decisions, the choices and the actions that they now make and they now take. So, um, for me in terms of how do I now ensure they're accountable? Well, I have to now make sure that I give them the, um, the standards, the systems and everything they now need in order for them to succeed. I give them the quality of question that now allows them to think, because for me, I never want to dictate and or try and shape or mold somebody into something they're not. I just want to be able to ask them better quality questions um, and give them the platform to be able to express themselves because they know what the right decisions and what the right choices are really but it's through distortion and getting distracted by a low sales month or a client leaving or something going wrong that leads them to making stupid decisions that aren't aligned with who they really are and where they're now really going. So that's why we think about, right, okay, what are your kind of um, bounce back systems that you now want to have in place? So when a bad thing happens, I do this so that you've almost now got this like kind of operating manual. So it might be like, right, okay, um, client leaves. Well, actually, do you know what? I now need to make sure I do these three things. I need to now make sure that I've been able to communicate as effectively as possible and ask myself, could I have done any more? Yes or no? If the answer is obviously yes, well, what, what is that now moving forward? If the answer is no, well, you continue to progress. On number two, you might have an abundance of testimonials saved in the favorites of your phone. So it just now allows you just to go and reconnect to actually the mission, the vision, the impact that you are actually having and how you're now really helping people. Number three, then might be, I just need to go and move for 10, 15 minutes just to get rid of this energy and just for me to be able to create some space. And that then gets me the ability to then bring myself back into state. Is that now going to work every time? No, of course it's not. But it's then right. Okay. These are the little systems that I know that I need to do instead of them being erratic or sporadic and then doing something that I know is incongruent and or carrying this thing around with me all day that then leads me to not being at my best, which then impacts other aspects and other areas of my life. So that would be the kind of like thought process that I would look at. And again, it's like protecting the downsides. What might go wrong? What, what would our very best self do? Um, and one question that I absolutely love is like pulling it away from somebody else is like, if your uh, best friend was to be in this exact position and or situation right now, what would you say? Or what would you do? Or if this was your client that had come to you and said this, what would you say? What would you do? How would you act? How would you perform? What advice would you then give them? So it allows that emotional uh, disconnect and allows more logic to come through. That's fascinating. So what you're saying ultimately is people are always in choice. So you could, something bad happens and you can 
sit there and dwell on it. Uh, I know as a business owner, the temptation might be to delve into your laptop and start hammering the keys. It, it feels like you're doing something. Um, yeah. But those three things were, were a killer, aren't they? Did you do everything you can or not? And if I think, you know, if the answer is no, what should you do next time? If the answer is, yeah, I did everything I could, immediately you can take a deep breath. It's sort of... Um, and then that giving yourself some space, move, you know, the amount of business owners I meet that when something bad happens, they shut the door and get dig into their desk rather than, you know, just go for a walk to the shops or um, go to the gym for 45 minutes or it's, it's just crazy. And I, I'm so guilty of that. I'm so, you know, this time of year in marketing is a tough time of year. And I, sometimes fail to resist the urge to fight rather than just go do some exercise, come back to it. Yeah, one, oh, 100%. I think two two main things that I always think about is, number one, how do you move the emotion? Because, again, when emotion yeah. is high, logic is low, and that's when you make those poor quality decisions. Yeah. So how do you move that emotion? What are the things that allow you to move that emotion? Uh, and then number two, I think fundamentally, all of the, like, who I always think about this, like, who would I now much rather have in my corner? Would I now rather have the coach in my corner that had been through the absolute like wars in terms of yeah. challenges, failures, lessons, fuck ups, all those different things. And is now um, consistently now trying to fail forward fast, get better. They're consistently demanding more from themselves to stretch and expanding what they now believe is possible. And they're always, um, really operating at that kind of upper limit in terms of really trying to move the needle. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, in that way whereby there's problems, there's challenges, there's setbacks, there's things that are going wrong, blah, 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 blah. Or to rather have the coach who's just sat now not really expressing themselves, pushing themselves and or trying to um, move the needle and therefore hasn't really had, you know, hardship. And again, like that's going to be so individual dependent upon every single person in terms of, you know, childhood, in terms of um, potential bereavements like everybody obviously has their own kind of um like previous experience and again i think even when you now look at it from a business perspective uh that's the way and I, which i think about like if i didn't have all those clients that left if i didn't have all those clients that, that didn't get results that didn't do what they say they were going to do if i didn't have those conflicting conversations um and i didn't have all of these kind of um challenges that were now presented over the last five or six years, then I now wouldn't be doing what I was doing and I wouldn't be able to communicate and coach from an authentic place. And I wouldn't now be able to operate in the way in which I now do. And I, again, I know this is just the beginning of what's going to now be next. So it's always looking at, well, actually, what do I take from the challenge? What do I take from the setback? And um, how am I now going to use this for me to now be able to present that as a powerful lesson um, and or something that's now going to allow me to create even more relatability and empathy to a potential customer or like prospect, whatever it now might potentially be, or client, um, which is then going to be seriously powerful. So it's like, how can you take more from the challenge than it takes from you? Um, I think that's, you know, the mentality that we have and we, we now need to continue to think about because, yeah, that client on the left, what can I do to deal with it better moving forward? Right? Okay, how can I improve my client journey? Like whatever it now might potentially be, boom, that's just now the next step that you're going to take. And it's that level of thinking that you just now want to be able to consistently have that I'm still trying to develop and improve myself. Yeah. I mean, even the internal monologue of you're calling it a challenge, you're not calling it a problem. It, and there's a there's a subtle difference in you're saying, well, like a challenge is something you you can overcome a problem, not necessarily. And it's it's that that tweak. So um, two last questions. This one about self-confidence. Obviously, self-confidence is um, 
a moving goal. <laughs> it's, it's and working with people to remain self confident. I imagine this is is a challenge, but it's a really important one for people, entrepreneurs, business owners, coaches. How do you make sure that they are firing on all cylinders so that they can instill confidence in their clients? Incredible. Lola, my dog, says hello as well, by the way. Hi, Lola. The the postman's just arrived. Um, So I think a few things to really pick up on here, and I think three main key core points. Number one is most people's confidence gets absolutely shattered when their expectations are higher than their standards and their systems. So their expectations of what they now think is possible and where they now think they should be are up high but actually the reality is the standards and the systems and the way in which they now currently live aren't aligned to those expectations so then they're constantly in that gap whereby again they're always looking upwards but they're actually never taking the opportunity to look downwards and actually think about right okay well um what are the standard systems um in terms of the actions habits routines that i now need to put into my life that are going to now allow me to raise my standards and if you were to focus on that rather than just trying to always move the needle with your expectations your confidence would build, number one. Yeah. Um, number two, for me, it's always looking at those past experiences. And again, it's those little kind of two Ps that you continue to put into the machine that are absolutely integral. And again, that's why it's the simple and easy things to do um, that are simple and easy not to do are so powerful and so potent as well, because ultimately it's that ability to be able to build um, that trust, that belief and that confidence in yourself by you now knowing that I've done what I said I was going to do. You know, and I think that brings so much more power and so much more confidence because if you say you're going to do something, then you don't do it, whether that's behind closed doors or not, then fundamentally for you, you're not living in alignment with what you say that you do. And therefore, it's not giving you that necessary confidence to have that belief and that conviction, which I think is which I think is which I think is absolutely huge. And then number three, I think is about just making sure. And this is the biggest thing for me that I had struggled with for so long was that I spent so much of my life pretending to be somebody that I wasn't because I thought that's what society required me to be. Um, and I created this expectation in terms of, like, okay, as a business owner, as a coach, as a whatever, I need to be this. I need to act like this. I need to speak like this. I need to all of it. Basically, I was just had this shield in front of me. Um, and that, that, that messed me up for quite a while. Yeah. And you're trying to pretend to be somebody you're not for so long. Um, well, of course, it's going to eat away at your confidence. And of course, you can now put on a front for a period of time. But ultimately, it's that ability to be able to go, right, okay, am I now um, being authentically, openly me? Um, and am I now stepping into my identity and what I now really, truly believe in? Um, and also... This was a challenge for me that um, took me a while to kind of acknowledge and appreciate. Am I taking 100% ownership and responsibility for the things that I'm actually crap at, that I'm actually not good at, that actually, do you know what, I don't know anything about? Um, instead of now trying to pretend that actually I've got more knowledge than I actually do, and I've, whereas it's like, this is what I do, this is how I help you, this is what I'm incredible at, and this is how I can change your life, this is what I don't do, this is what I'm not very good at. And if you now want to know and or explore and or um, kind of gain any more insight into that, I suggest that you go and see whoever it's now going to be because that's out with my remit. Um, Whereas previously, I would have potentially tried to talk about the things that I had control over when I actually didn't, um, and I was just bullshitting myself, and therefore that messed me up, whereas now... Who am I? What do I stand for? Who do I help? Um, and yeah, how, how do I now want to live? And will my future self comp- uh, thank my current self for the decisions and choices I make? And that's then the thing that I think drives confidence instead of trying to fit in or be somebody that you're not at the extent of trying to make more money, please other people, whatever it now might potentially be. I love that. I love that. I, I watched a video yesterday and uh, I thought it might come up in this conversation. So 
the lady in the video was talking about in your early 20s um you make the mistake of thinking you're the main character in everybody's story and then in your late 20s you realize you're not and some people take that really hard that they're nowhere near as important as they thought they were and some people take it as a piece of inspiration to be themselves and uh it just it struck really hard with me that 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 kind of when you realize that the only thing you can be is yourself the amount of confidence that gives you is is striking you can you can do a lot of damage with that level of confidence where i think society like you said uh people pleasing society tells you to try and you know um treat others as you would wish to be treated and and it's not entirely true you should treat others how they would wish to be treated and then when you see the impact you can have on others by being yourself, your confidence grows. Massively. And I get, I absolutely love that. And I think it's the ability, but actually I think you just kind of brought about a point there. It's like the ability to actually just be vulnerable. Yeah. Like I think that was the big, biggest thing for me was that the ability to be vulnerable um, and be okay with that. And I think then the, the second thing to note is again, like really, really powerful. Exactly. As you said, it's like, you are about this, about a percent or 2% or 5% in somebody's life. Yeah. Um, but we actually now think as like coaches, business owners, consultants, experts, that we're like 95% of somebody's life, um, which, which we're not. And again, I think sometimes we place so much significance and pressure on ourselves unnecessarily um, in comparison to actually now realizing that, yeah, we are such a small piece of the puzzle. Um, and I think if you can then give yourself that ability to take a step back and operate more from fun and passion rather than stress and pressure, how would you, how would you turn up, you know? And that was a big shift for me. I would basically example, play football uh, when I was a kid and did it every minute of every day. Like so many young lads young yeah. and, and girls do. Um, and then all of a sudden I got professional contracts. Then all of a sudden I basically became like this stiff and rigid footballer who wouldn't now express himself because I was like, what if I do something wrong? I've got to please these people. I've got to play this way. And it wasn't until actually probably around earlier this year, I was like, that fun and passion just got traded for stress and pressure. And that stress and pressure completely crumbled me, stopped me from being, what was the thing that got me here in the first place? Um, and exactly the same applies in business. Like, you get into it because of a love or a passion or whatever. And then it's almost like you've now got this expectation. You've now got this, um, these pressures that you put on yourself to do X, Y, and Z, to be consistently growing, to be consistently developing, building, iterating, staying one step ahead of the marketplace, blah, 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 blah. In comparison to actually now thinking, right, okay, fun and passion. How would that now look different to stress and pressure? Now pressure creates diamonds. Of course it does, but too much of it will crumble you. So again, how can you come back to that? And I think you said that in terms of your like why, yeah. uh, which is huge, that fun element, which I think is that, which is absolutely immense. What I say to you, Joel, is how do you build your confidence? And when do you know you're consistently at your best? Oh, brutal. <laughs> so um, big one for me is uh, staying rooted in my values as soon as as soon as I stray from that, which everybody does, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say um, values-led businesses manage to maintain working within all ten of their values all the time. It's just it's just that would be a lie. But you really feel it when you make that mistake. It it really knocks your confidence. Um, and then consistency is a big one for me. So. If I get up at the same time every day and I do my routine, my, I maintain my confidence. As soon as I uh, allow a little bit of that to slip, it's a snowball effect and you can be back to square one quite quickly. 
So um, things for me would be the making sure I always walk the dog in the morning. It, a basic one, but it's a really nice thing. Um, something I read a long time ago was always make the bed. First thing you should do every day is make the bed because it gives you a platform. For, you, the first thing you've done is a productive thing, and then you've got a platform for the rest of the day. Um, and I know that those days where I haven't done those simple little things is when my confidence starts to get chipped away at. So um, a decision I've made in in relatively recent time is I don't drink anymore. Now, I was never a heavy drinker in the first place, but I would get um, beer fear the following day. So I would, I'd have an element of anxiety that wouldn't be there if I hadn't had a drink. So don't have a drink and then the way i justify that to myself is if i'm in a situation where i need to have a drink to enjoy it i'm in the wrong situation so i put these things in place to keep my confidence as high as i can and then i know when i'm at my very very best it's usually a day where i've been to the gym i've done my full set i haven't skipped anything um i've got to work before the time in my head i've set that i should uh, arrive uh probably made a coffee for myself and whoever else is here, checked in with everybody, cleared my emails, made a a list of priorities for the day, and I know that that will be a good day. But I'm not saying that happens every day. Perfect. So if we were to say that it was to happen more consistently than it doesn't, how would job be as a leader and what impact do you think in terms of like the ability to be able to go from here to here do you think that could be even more potent even more powerful and you could drive even more impact yeah massively massively so i know the team will know the days i've been to the gym versus the days i haven't they will they would just know by my body language by the way i speak um they'll know the days that i've forgotten to have a glass of water before i come to work they won't know that's the reason but they will know um they can- they can feel it yeah just, it, yeah it, it oozes out of you um they will know when i've had a bad phone call in my office versus a positive phone call and not so much anymore actually that's an area that i'm pretty solid on in terms of if you're fulfilled it doesn't matter if you've had a positive or a negative you shouldn't then let it impact others um but yeah that all those little things amount to huge amounts in terms of business performance yeah, incredible. And again, mate, that's the same thing. So like even this morning, like for me, fatigue was a little bit high. I knew I was like, going to be delivering a podcast of you. So I was like, right, I still need to train. Did I train to the level that I'd normally train at? No, but like I just had to be able to auto-regulate because I knew I'd been delivering quite a bit at the start of the week. So I just needed to pull things down, but I still needed to move in order for yeah. me to be able to stand here and go, right, okay, how do I now turn up? So again, like, that's what I've gone back to what we said at the start. Like if you can now align the consequence of you not now going to the gym to how your staff will feel when you walk into the office, Nine times out of 10, you're going to go to the gym. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. not about you and about something so much bigger and greater than you. And I think that's the thing where we can create synergy and harmony across body and business. Whereas most people have like this body goal, but they don't necessarily align it to a business, the business mission yeah. vision. Whereas like the big thing for me, was like, how can we start to turn those outwardly, inwardly? And how can we now start to create this synergy so that again, like the body shape, health and performance complements the business and the business actually complements the body shape, health and performance in comparison to us now thinking they're two separate entities. Yeah. And it's the same with downtime. It's the same with relaxation time. It's the same with family time. How can we now think of that time, that downtime as uptime, uh, which is an incredible saying that one of my fantastic friends said to me not, not too long ago. Um, and how can you think actually really that's where your creativity, your wisdom and that, that real kind of um, 
exploration and uh, ability to sift through potential challenges subconsciously or consciously comes through. So if you can now tie these things to something that's bigger and greater, that's now more meaningful, it's not like I'm taking time off and then it's like you feel guilty because you should be at the office. It's now got a purpose and you're raising that necessity then it becomes really, really powerful, you know? And I think that's how we start to connect it. And I think if more business owners were to focus more on the consequences exactly what we just spoke about with regards to the impact that would have on their staff, their business, how they turn up, how they talk on social media, uh, the energy, the ability to implement, the ability to make that decision, like, where would you be? Where could you be? You know, and I think it just elevates your standards, uh, which then elevates everything else around you. Absolutely. So my last question, and it's, it's a gentle one, and I ask every oh. guest, What's your favourite yeah. film and why? Mate, that's a, that's a very that's a very good question. Everybody, question. everybody reacts like this. It's just like that's brutal. <laughs> here's here's the thing as well. Like if you speak to my partner Leanne, she's like, literally, I've got the attention span of a. <laughs> I'm much more of a documentary kind of guy. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Oh, mate, what is my favourite? What is my favourite film and why? Mate, honestly, I don't even think I don't even think I could I don't even think I could tell you. All right, the I'll... thing that comes out that the thing the thing that stands out to me right now, which is it's just funny, is the first thing that came to my mind then was Step Brothers. So I'm just gonna nice. That's probably the first thing that's got. That's probably the, the first thing that's come to my head. So that that would be what I would. That's probably the only film that I'll probably watch more than more than once. Yeah, when it's the uh, it's. It's a scene involving his drums. That's that's the one. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah, keep. We just become best friends. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got so much more room for activities. So yeah, yeah. And that's you're not the that, first yeah, person to the, say that. The film that I quote the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very very quotable. What's your, what's your favorite? What's your favorite film? Oh, okay. No one's ever asked me in response. Oh, Nobody's ever asked me in response. So um, my favorite film is called A Place Beyond the Pines, um, okay. and it's. Um, it's a Ryan Gosling film and essentially he has a son that he doesn't know he's got at the beginning. He works with a traveling fair. He's had a son um, and he comes back with the traveling fair and realizes he's got a son, but his partner has um, moved on. So the first half of the film is about the impact of the parents behavior on this child growing up. And then the second half of the film, it flips and it jumps forward and the kids grown up and it's about, how his upbringing has resulted in what he's like as an adult. And uh, based on everything we've just said, I'm sure you can read between the lines and see why I like that film. Um, so that, yeah, that's probably my favourite film. But if I was to take your route and say my most watched and most quoted film, it's it's the Rocky films. I absolutely bloody love the Rocky films. So um, just, yeah, I don't know. I absolutely rinsed those as a kid. I, I mean, I've probably seen... Rocky two and Rocky three at least a hundred times each, which is not normal. So <laughs> no, that's, that's not normal. <laughs> no, I, I, th I think to the point. I know the scripts. That's weird, right? That's. Hey, but to be fair, mate, there are worse films that you could have watched more than a hundred times. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what my obsession is. I, I'm a bit of a big Sylvester Stallone fan, anyway. So just in terms oh, of Harry. Man mindset and everything so um yeah that's the truth there we go mate Inc incredible joe thanks for being an awesome guest there's a lot of value in this one really appreciate your time dude appreciate you thank you so much you playing a song now i am playing a song now i'll stop talking nice <laughs>